We're increasingly aware that our young people can feel under enormous strain and pressure. This is especially true in the run-up to exams. As parents, it's not always clear how best to help our children, let alone spot the signs. Hello and welcome to the Revision Report podcast brought to you by The Study Buddy. I'm Nathan McGurl, the founder of The Study Buddy. In this series, I talk to a range of experts, parents and students about studying and how best to approach exams. From nutrition to sleep and from stress to mental health, we'll be exploring how best to support young people while they're revising. There'll be a new episode every Friday morning, so subscribe, review and maybe leave a five-star rating. And be sure to let your friends know all about the Revision Report podcast. Today, we're talking to Jacob McGill, my son and muse behind the study buddy approach. We're going to be talking about revision, exams, and exactly how and why we came up with the method of revising that we did. Hi, Jake. Hi. So we're going to pretend that this isn't a little bit awkward and we'll have a chat. Yeah. One of the things that we're doing with all of the guests is to find out about exams and how you approached revising. So let's lead with the easy ones. What was your favourite subject? Uh, was probably one of the sciences, probably biology, I'd say. It's my favourite school. Why was that? Why didn't you like English as much as you didn't like it? It was just a lot more work. You had to write a lot. And I, I enjoyed the science but in the biology. I found it very interesting. Quite, You could apply it a bit more. You have always been one for facts and figures rather than writing stuff down if you didn't yeah. have to. And so tell me about revision. How was revision for you? Uh, I mean, fairly non-existent, to be quite honest, uh, in year 10, around that kind of stage. I do remember that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you think it's always been that way? Had studying always been tricky for you? Yeah, I mean, there's always stuff I'd rather be doing, whether that was like football or seeing mates or saying like that it was never at the top of my priority list it was always a kind of let's get this out of the way get that done or not do it at all so I could do the other things I really did want to do it wasn't that you were naughty you know it wasn't no. you didn't play up in class you always did frankly the bare minimum that you had to do and then you always got good results yeah it, it, it I was quite lucky and at the same time not that lucky because it did come quite naturally the work in school so I could do little work and get good grades but as you as you go on throughout the school that isn't the case I wasn't that lucky I didn't get the, the genes weren't that good <laughs> thanks for that so do you think that that is a problem that you didn't have to work when you were younger and that you were still yeah definitely definitely that was a what you get used to being able to kind of rock up do okay or do well in some of the cases and then you're you're just fine aren't you you can get you can get away with that but it's when it starts to not work for you when you can't just turn up anymore when you get to the I guess GCSEs and then A levels more A levels so and that's a bit of a shock and then you've never had to deal with not being able to do it first time so then I guess my initial reaction to that was well if I don't get it I don't get it I'm not going to do it it's not for me and just kind of give up because if you've never had to apply yourself or really learn how to do something, then it just is too late. I found it was too late at that point to try and start. Like, like you really have to try. It's not something revision didn't come naturally. And I should say, actually, it was three or four years ago that you yeah, sat your yeah, GCSE, so come yeah. through the other side now. Was it a lack of like deep motivation? Do you know, do you know what I mean? That, that it was 
you just weren't driven to get good results? Yeah, um, I think it was just a case of I had other interests. Revision wasn't. Because so, I knew that I could play on FIFA, play on Call of Duty, go play football, rugby, whatever it was, then turn up and I would still get a decent grade. Hmm. So it wasn't a... It wasn't something that was like, oh, I need or I do my revision now, then I can play football, and then I'll do okay on the test. It was, no, I'm not going to do any revision, so I can do all of this. Mm. Which is fine, and that's what you get from me, that lazy and cocky approach to yeah. life that it'll <laughs> all be all right in the end, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's been okay for me, it's been all right for others. But the issue that we had with you, certainly when you were growing up and younger, is that you're as manana manana as i am but you're as status driven and as materialistic as your mum is and so you needed to be the best you always wanted to be the best as you were trying to decide what it was you'd want to be after you decided that you weren't going to be an arsenal player was by looking through google for the top paid jobs yeah that desire to to be as good as you could be, get to the top of the tree and, and spend as much money as you possibly could was never going to come just by playing FIFA and, no. and rocking up. What do you remember of that period of time? If we think back to the run-up to GCSEs, so we're talking, well, it must have been four years ago. Yeah, uh, I remember a lot of incoherent screaming at me. From me? Yeah. That's yeah, funny because I remember you. a lot of incoherent screaming back. <laughs> I don't think I was. I don't think I shouted back very often. I think I just ignored it. To be fair, you weren't that brave at fifteen and no. sixteen. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I just remember really wanting to just, to be quite honest, just shut your mum up, so then I could do what I wanted to do. Mm. And it was just, it was a case of if they, if I could pretend to do some work, or I could sit downstairs, I'd have my phone in my pocket or something like that. Just get you off my back. To be honest, mm. it, I remember mum trying to make me a plan like how she would have planned where she would split the day up into three different morning lunch afternoon and she would say fill up two of the slots and then revise and then have that third the final slot open so you can either revise in the morning and then the afternoon and then have your evening off but for me it was more oh no <laughs> why, why would I want to give up two thirds of my day on something that I just don't enjoy doing and I don't need to do at that point. It wasn't something that was necessary. Mm. And that, that method just didn't work for me. It's different people with different mm. methods. But could you see that what we were trying to do was for your benefit? Did it come across like that at the time? Yeah, no, I always knew that what you were trying to do was was all, it was for me. But sometimes the ways that of doing that didn't help. It wasn't a case of... It was something that I needed to learn for myself. I think it was... It's all well and good you saying at GCSEs when I'm still getting good results. You, you need to go and revise, you need to do this. But it wasn't until I actually first got a bad result, which wasn't in the actual exam, to be fair. But when you first get that mock paper back and you've got a D or an E and you're expecting to get a B or an A or you're used to getting a B or an A, that's really, I think, where you start to realise actually now they are right because up until that point i was like you're just chatting a load of nonsense it's not it's not necessary why would i need to do this i'm so pleased to hear you say you are right on on tape as it were <laughs> not in <laughs> general not in general that, on this one on this one topic that will definitely be coming out of family occasions from <laughs> now until the end of time 
because we you can see it and i think that's what's really tricky as a parent and now that we've moved on i'm hoping you could probably look back and see it as well is that actually we were trying to do our best based on no, I, could, I could always see it was in my best interest i mm. could i could always see that because we did try i think before we got to the shouting which is obviously your um biggest fondest memory of that particular time we did try broadly everything i think that bribery money or treats if you did some work which didn't work and then we tried blackmailing and we'll take your ps4 away from you we'll ban you from this before we got to um the screaming and shouting stage yeah i I guess with that though it's uh i can't really speak on about the bribery because if that was now i think i'd (laughs) grab that i'd I'd take that with both hands but with stuff like blackmail and you just telling me it's almost a case of well if you're going to say this to me i'm just not going to do it mm. i'm not going don't give in mm. to this kind of thing and it yeah. yeah it is it's a it was definitely tricky at that time i remember because you're trying to it's all the things that you think might work and it's based on the experiences your mum and i would have had in, in the workplace so we'd have looked at um you get reward systems you get your end of your bonuses and, and people are geared to perform for incentives or disincentives and so that that was why i guess why we tried yeah. it the thing with those is they're geared towards adults they're geared towards people mm. who aren't filled with hormones no i just don't want to listen they're there to people that are doing that to earn money to make a living mm. i'm not doing at the time you don't think of gcse is as that you don't think of it as i'm doing this to make a living you're thinking i'm doing this because i have to do this it's mm. not a case of or if I do this, then I can get my A-levels. And then when I get the best A-levels, I get to the best uni, get the best job. It's a, it's just, they are steps along the way. You don't think mm. of them like that, though. You think of, get this done, get A-levels done, get uni done, and then I'm where I want to be. You don't think, I didn't anyway. I didn't think any deeper into it than no. that. And I think that's, I, from my experience, now talking to other students, I think that's fairly common. Because the GCSEs are a building block to a, as you say, A-levels, university or workplace, and then a career in a gazillion yeah. years' time. It's, just, it's, it's just built not up as an, can... it's a natural progression. You just mm. think of it as you move through that. Yeah. You don't think about how you're going to do that or the the method behind it. But you think about it's just going to happen. Mm. So for us, the, um, the the watershed moment came, as I remember, it was, it was around about Easter time, just before Easter. Yeah, it um, was after Mark's. Mm, yeah. With one... Um, screaming and shouting match because we do rub each other up well certainly at that point um very similar personalities and so rubbed each other up the wrong way and it was looking at so just how much have you got to do and can you possibly fit it all in or frankly is it a lost cause that we came up with this way of looking through your specs and breaking it down and so by breaking everything down into well, effectively, just a to-do list, a big yeah, I think that was the first time I saw it as a visible... Uh, I could physically see, oh, there is actually a lot to do. Mm. This isn't a case of sitting in the library 30 minutes for the exam and reading the notes. It's a... Uh, you actually need to you need to put some work in for this. You can't yeah. just rock up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but there were, what, 20 things in biology alone? Which I was think it was... favourite one. I mean, yeah, it was, I think it was a list of stuff, yeah. wasn't it? But it was a lot. when When you saw... You look at it and when you hear like 10 or 11, it's 10 or 11 subjects. What's that? Like 22 exams around that, 24 if there's three. It's not too bad. But then when you see 11 subjects broken down into each of them with 
50 odd 30 to 50 pieces within them that there does suddenly become a a, a lot more of a reality of a hmm. oh wow was it a scary wow yeah uh, yeah well, i guess because it was scary, Easter, scary. time was running out yeah I, I just don't think i looked ahead i didn't plan very well i just going with it just taking every day at a mm. time i turned up to it wasn't like i wasn't turning up to school i turned up to school no, no, do the course. lessons or do the home i did the things that needed to be done and i think that's what we saw you weren't applying yourself to do as well as you possibly could and you were as you said coasting and turning up so once we we'd broken everything down into the into the to-do list which was as a starting point just a case of being able to focus your mind on if you've got this long list of stuff to do how many hours is it going to take you to get through it all? But then we changed it, didn't we? And used that as part of your timetabling. Yeah. And do you remember how we how we started to do that? Oh, uh, yeah. Was that on the when we had the computer with the that Excel spreadsheet, and you you found when all of the the exam dates were, and then um, you put that all on Excel, and then it told you how long was left and how much there was to cover, and if you took each of those units, like subtopics as an hour if it was actually physically possible mm. to fit them all in mm. yeah i think that was the well it first really started so for you did it help to focus your attention on the fact that there was a looming deadline and and things that needed to be done yeah i think so i think seeing that it wasn't just a day it was it, there is only this many days left it kind of kickstarts you mm. to start doing some work because i think one of the things that i'd recognized knew while you were studying or not studying actually as it was before was that that level of procrastination of you'd sit down yeah. as you'd say to shut me and your mum up if you thought that we thought you were revising so we never i didn't we knew you weren't doing it because osmosis doesn't work in revision you can't just be sat near an open book with youtube playing and be equipped to pass your exams and that was the issue, I think, from a procrastination point of view, was you just didn't seem to know where to start or what to do next. And if it came to it, you'd always go to your favourite subjects, at sciences and biology, yeah. and avoid um, <coughs> English, Spanish, um, and, and the other ones no, that you I, weren't I, so yeah, keen definitely. So then when we took the units, we started to gear it as a as a way of planning your week ahead. So rather than the broad strokes of in the morning you'll do geography and lunch, midday you'll do something else mm. and evening you'll have off. How helpful do you think it was to you to be really specific? It took away that uh, any decision that I needed to make was already made. So then my excuses for procrastination or oh, I didn't decide which one I was going to do, that doesn't exist. Mm. It's, it's there, you know when to do it, it has it, the time on it. And yeah, I think that helped a lot. I mean, they were certainly the unintended benefits that came out of the system mm. from just starting off with how much to well actually why don't you do this very specific thing and then the other objection that we used to come across a lot was your idea that you were spending all of your time revising and oh it's so unfair because i'm going to i want to do this i want to do something else i want to have my free time mm. so we then started to plan first and foremost around the time that you wanted to spend yeah, at parties I think or at FIFA. Also or. on the the flip side of that, you being able to show me that actually I wasn't spending all my time revising was actually being able to show you, actually, I'm not spending all my time not revising. No, I sure. think that they both helped because I there'll be many occasions where you or mum 
would look at me as, as like to say, oh, I'm heading off to go to rugby or I'm going over to one of my mates' houses. You'd look and think, well, when are you, when's your revision going to come in? And then I could literally, I could show you on the thing I've planned for this. This is on mm. the timetable. I, I meant to leave and go to my rugby now. And for us, that was really important. And I think for me, what became a bit of a eureka moment was seeing you take more control. And in the early days, so we'd start off with the um, looking at the week ahead, blocking out the time that you had for school, if you had any clubs and parties and what have you, and then letting you choose, well, how long are you lying in for? Sort of taking responsibility mm. for some of those decisions. Minor in the scheme of things, but but they were still your decisions to take. And then giving you the semblance of control over what went into where. So you could decide that you'll do a bit of biology on Monday and some Spanish on Tuesday and what have you and, and work it around everything else. Do you think it helped you to feel more in control? Did you feel more in control? Yeah, no, I definitely did at the time. I felt a lot more in control. But looking back in retrospect, actually, it was quite good for you and mum for, mm. to have that there because it almost guilted me into putting the things on the board because if I can only see that I'm doing one or two hours I know that you're going to come and look at it and then be like that's not enough or something like that so then I'd put more on and I would it would almost subconsciously make I wouldn't be doing more revision but not because I wanted to do more revision but because I just knew that was what and it was just there yeah it was on the board yeah exactly Hmm. because it did I think it it worked both ways definitely so almost like a contract because you'd committed to do these things at this time and we committed without obviously talking about it to get out of your hair and Mm. leave you to it and you knew it was i think for me was it was removing that judgment if you'd done it you did it great we then moved it into the done pile and if you hadn't done it needed to be done so you'd just put it back into to do so so you were fully aware of everything that needed to happen and so were we without having to have a conversation every single afternoon and evening and morning and what have you of what are you doing and when are you doing some more and are you doing enough yeah i definitely think though what we when we would at the end of the week when we would check it together would go back over i think that was definitely useful Hmm. because if it wasn't doing that then i could just constantly i'll just move the units about Hmm. and i would never having like i know on my sunday it's not like you were saying it's not every day so it wasn't taking up our time and wasn't like that but on the sunday when we were able to go over the week and what i'd planned out um and then plan the next week like i was planning it, but you were there and i could talk to you i feel like that was actually a good way of you still being able to check on me but I was the one asking you to do it, Hmm. to come and have a look as well. I completely agree. I think that was a really important step, giving you the control that you should have always had over your education. At the end of the day, we can do what we could, but we couldn't sit the exams. I couldn't sit the exams for you with the best will in the world. Not that I would have done as well as you in your sciences in any case. But you having that responsibility and ownership, I think, was the biggest benefit out of all of it so that you could start to learn time management behaviors and start to see how it could apply to things beyond exams and beyond revision and do you think it's helped yeah i know in the sense that 
I know when I'm going up to London, I'm going to be heading up there. So I'd watch the Arsenal game. Um, before I injured my knee, I'd know about rugby when we're watching. If I wanted to go play rugby, I'd know it's there. And I do now. I look at it and I just plan it into my time. I I know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And if something comes up, then I'll be able to see, well, actually, I, I want to do this now. I was meant to be doing a bit of biology revision, but... I know I have time the next day or mm. I can fit it in here. And I, I do think it's really helped. So it's not as structured as it was, but you still keep some of those principles. Sort of yeah, fluidy. yeah. It's not it's not like I'm checking at the end of every week anymore, but it is just something that I just do, do within my own head that I think helps. So we can end with the note that I was right and I was always right. Mm, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> you can have you had a good idea. It was a good idea. <laughs> So thanks to Jake was illuminating and honest, which is exactly what I was after. It was really great to talk and great to hear that so many of those lessons that we put in by accident, really, just to stop me from shouting, have had a a lasting impact, I guess, which as a parent is absolutely the best that you could hope for. And also to hear that I was right. That was also important. Thanks also to you listeners for, um, for being here and listening to the Revision Report podcast. As ever, we want to make sure that everyone who could benefit from listening to this podcast does hear it. So please subscribe, review, leave a five-star rating, and don't forget to tell all your friends about it. Speak to you next week for another episode of the Revision Report podcast.